Welcome to For What It's Worth. I'm a horrible person. You'd leave stuff laying around? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. No, no, you can't do that because I seriously think of Five Nights at Fred Meyer every time someone says that. This show is not labeled for individual resale. Well, we have a choice here. Yeah, tell them what our choices. What are the choices? Limbago in Idaho. What the hell? So if you do it, we will be very upset. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> So in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. And final complaint with those two fools, Ruin Tugs. And welcome to For What It's Worth. Hello, everybody. I am Ruchi C. Lexico, and this is my esteemed host, Mr. Tugs. Say hello. Hello. Am I at the Tiffany store? Yes, you're at the <laughs> Tiffany store. Actually, it's what would you like? Get it right. <laughs> What would I like? I want a companion mug to my first mug. Now everyone knows I have a Tiffany mug, but that's not important right now. What's important is that this is season eight, episode 20. We're almost done with season eight. Uh, oh my gosh, end. how many more episodes are we going to have this season, Tugs? Yes. <laughs> yes. So what have you been up to? Well, I've been up to a lot of stuff. In fact, I got a brand new job. I'm super excited. <laughs> I start now, in December. Now, so. do you have to wear latex gloves when you're doing the stroking for this job? Or you know, do they actually allow you not to? I'm going... I'm probably going to need to invest in some. I'm a little bit, you know, low on my funds with my latex gloves. Because I've used them all in, like, the, you know, the naughty parties and stuff like that. So, <laughs> Do you have a budget for those at your naughty parties? Well, you know, we do have some sort of a budget, but... Interesting. Yeah. What else have you been up to besides new jobs? No, just that's basically it. Just a new job. Been playing some Pokemans. Gonna catch them alls. You can't. I know you can't catch them alls. You're pretty upset <laughs> about that. You're not even I, gonna play it. It's I, such a great game. Even Lilchu didn't buy it. Really? What? Yeah, Why? Because we, he couldn't like evolve his... Because we vote with our wallets. Yeah, you can do that, but still, like, Are you already fun? it's the most popular game right now. Are you having fun? I am having lots of fun. Well, good. That's all but that matters. Plus, I didn't pay for it, so therefore... <laughs> oh, well, of course. Everything's better when it's free. Food tastes better. <laughs> games are more fun. Everything's better when it's free. Free 99. Yep. What have you been up to, Mr. Tugs? Uh, I moved again for the last time ever because I bought a house finally. I like it in Seattle enough, so... You might move studios... again. You no, I'm not. Buying a house sucks. I'm never you buying might, another house. You might this move house back is to good. Utah. No, Come back I'm, here, Tugs. No, but Buy I am... a house out here. Shh. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to put some sound tiles up and get this like this office I'm in to be like real sexy for recording. That's I mean, awesome. I got some reverb, but it's going to be good. I'm excited. Um, and I made my first homeowner purchase. This is how you can tell that you are an adult because you start buying shit that like as a kid, you're like, who gives a fuck? And then like you're an adult and you're like, oh, damn. Like I bought a washer, a dryer and a drill. And I was like, I'm buying things and I'm excited. <laughs> how lame is that? Like I want to get excited for like a cartoon or a video game. No, I get excited because I bought a fucking washer. <laughs> That's awesome. Because, I, know. I mean, honestly, it's like. Wow, what do you get for Christmas? I got a blender. Yeah, I'm so excited. Dude, I know people I could give blenders to. They'd be like, yes, a blender. Like, I'm totally about that. Or like, I would give somebody a mortgage payment if I was like that kind of person. Be like, here, just take the month off. 
you know that's a gift oh my gosh right that is a gift that's an amazing <laughs> gift let's do you have your gift ready i do have my gift ready okay Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. All right, here we go. A foolish man listens to his heart. A wise man listens to cookies. In bed with a cookie. There you go. That is the fortune. Do you, where do you go get your fortunes? <laughs> Uh, it is Google. Google. No, I get it from Fortune Cookies. Come on. FortuneCookies.com? <laughs> yes. Ugh. They have to be authentic, right? All right. All right. People I have to waiting. chew into the microphone. Oh, oh yeah. Bite the metal cookie. Gross. All right. Let's go to potty break. Right, and welcome back. So, first of all, we have our lovely, lovely guests that we have here today. We have Mr. Fable Charm. Please say hello. Hello, everybody. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Good job, Ruth. Good job. Uh, so, my name is Fable Charm. Uh, I am currently the the convention chair for BabsCon, the Bay Area Brony Spectacular which is a brony convention uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Awesome. Are you a furry, brony, or both? Uh, I am a brony, uh, but I, and I, I, I don't call myself a furry, but uh, I go to FurCon. I have a lot of furry friends, so I'm, I'm aware of the culture, um, but I wouldn't use that label to describe myself. Furry adjacent, maybe? For, uh, eh, for, furry... For not very curious, I like I like how um uh how Tugs put it when he came to BabsCon. He said, um, he goes he goes oh it's it's not my fandom. I'm just I'm just visiting. So that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Oh okay, so you're the free parking space. Sure, so, I don't know what that means, but I'll say yes. Monopoly. <laughs> oh, anyway. So Fable, you've been on our show before. Do you remember what episode that you were on? I don't like I I know that I was but I don't recall. It was so long ago cuz it, it was it was a long time ago. It's like 2 years it, ago. Yeah, it was it was definitely a long time ago. Season 6, episode 19, furry trash. Wow. And now you're on season 8, episode 20. That's uh <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> so our let's next, see. Our Go next ahead. person is magical. I think is the person who instigated all of BabsCon, but we have Sonia. Hi, Sonia. Hey, Tugs. How's it going? Hey, Rue. Hi. You, yeah, you it's true. BabsCon? It's true. Um, BabsCon is my fault. Um, there I was at uh, a local sci-fi con here in the Bay Area, very creatively named BayCon. And um, I found myself in a room uh, at a panel called So You Want to Throw a Convention, I had the incredibly stupid idea I could throw a convention. And seven years later, it's still running. <laughs> Who the hell knew? 
Um, so yeah, I chaired the first couple of years and have pretty sure I've also been on your show before, I think with Sophie. Um, couldn't tell you season and episode though, but it's been, God, it's been ages. Let's see, you yes. were on season four, episode 11. OG, yo! <laughs> Caring for the not pretend animals. That was so long ago. Yeah, sounds like me. <laughs> and Although so I, I wish been... I was on an episode called Furry Trash. That sounds like so much more fun. <laughs> it's like every episode. <laughs> and our last guest is a special guest. He actually has a hobby of touching your eyes when you're not looking. He's been around many, many things, including being on My Little Pony. But what everyone really knows him for is his most important role when he was the police officer in Need for Speed High Stakes. Everyone remembers that role, every gamer out there. Uh, but he's also. I remember. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I remember. And also, he is doing a new production, a podcast called Voyage of the Overwatch, which I don't know how to say. Uh, Overwatch. Overwall, sorry, overwall, Overwatch. Thanks, Brain. I haven't even. <laughs> I was about to say. I'm so Are we going to talk about our mains here? Because I mean Symmetra. No, T- no. Tugs, I'm, I'm revoking your host card. Sorry. Thank you. All right. Anyway, <laughs> Peter New, how are you? I am well. I am. I deeply apologize for uh, for totally bungling that. Ugh. I'm deeply offended. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll. I have never been on your show before, and I'll never be on it again. Yay! I don't know if if that's true. (laughs) Well, hey, um, what would you say? I I have a quick question. Mm. Uh, What would Mm -hmm. you say would be one of the roles that you've done that um, doesn't necessarily get recognized that often that you're pretty proud of? Oh, well, all of that put together. in the context of Pony, Goldie Delicious. But in the larger context, I think oh, it's a tougher one. I'm kind of proud of everything, by and large, that I've done. I don't think people tend to recognize. Uh, I, I really liked the job I did on Special Unit 2, but people don't even know what Special Unit 2 is anymore. You were the so shady guy. I was the shady guy, which was a, a lame name for the character I played. I was like a police informant, but I was also like a lizard wearing human skin. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. So that was cool. Yeah. Oh, I see. It was on UPN. That's that that says a lot. They were not the greatest house. A lot of shows were really good there, though. Oh, now I'm sad I missed it. Yeah, well, a lot of people missed it and it didn't it didn't last for more than a few episodes i don't think Mm. but uh it was a fun day well we are here today to discuss something that we wanted to record a little bit ago but life and that is that after nine seasons they have concluded the run of my little pony friendship is magic and what i know it's i know (laughs) um and so i know the news it's It's out it's out but it's an interesting end of the world in Three, two, good night, everyone. <laughs> but it's an interesting it's an interesting time for um, someone who's not in the Brony community, aka Rue and I, uh, because there's been so much overlap between the furry and Brony communities. And- I know. I, I hear there's I hear there's drama regarding the definitions. <laughs> oh, we've got the scientific definition. We can get science in here if we have to. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you're a furry. If you say you're a furry. 
I'll give you this. If you were running this podcast at this moment, and then this was your own podcast, what question would you ask at this very point? I would ask, <laughs> hey, Peter, what do you think? Is Are you a brony or a furry? Or do you think there's a difference? Tell me your thoughts. I would say something like that. But that's I would make really it more good, That's That's a really good question. Hey, yeah. Peter. I have this burning oh question that I've been wanting to know. Yes, oh. absolutely. Hmm. I want to know, are you what is it? What a is it? furry? A brownie? Am I a furry? I'm not. Or both? Or you do not consider either? I don't consider either. myself either thing, no. And and I don't really know. I don't know that there's not a difference, but I don't know that there's a difference. It really depends on how you choose to define it. So what but I think you how think... you choose to define it is up to you. But how do you define a furry or a brony? There you uh, go. Well, I define a furry as somebody that is interested in and a fan of um, animal, uh, anthropomorphic animals. And I define a brony as someone that is interested or a fan of ponies, my little pony. And I find that there is a huge overlap between those things. But that... I can see that there are ways to define yourself as strictly one and strictly the other. But I can also see that there are ways of looking at it that do not allow for that. I can see that there is a gray area here. And I am I think it's funny a little bit when people get all up in their own grills about it. It's true. <laughs> I I agree. I 100% agree with you. Um, <laughs> I'm drinking scotch. Hey, that's a good drink. I have had like three C grams probably before this. Just kidding. I'm Not a, that I'm, many. I got a nice uh, uh, bottle of uh, Aberfeldy for my birthday. So I'm drinking the Ooh, Was your now. birthday recently? It's October 30th. So a while ago now. But we'll send uh, you yeah. a happy belated birthday anyway. It's within a month. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, it is within a month. That's right. It's yeah, still my birthday, birthday. month. Sorry, have, like, like angrily, angrily accepting your birthday wishes. Thank you. <laughs> so, Peter, <laughs> yes, have uh, before my little pony friendship is magic. There was what a did before? you know about? Yeah, there was a before. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch My Little Pony before? No, I. Well, I mean, not on purpose. I I'm old enough to remember when it came on uh, the Deke versions and and I, Gen Gen One. I was there. Uh, and I, I remember I was of the age or of the gender or both where like, I couldn't change the channel fast enough. And of course we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have remote controls in those days. So it really meant getting up off the couch and finding the dial and, you know, then let leaning. me, let me ask at that point in time, were you watching He-Man? I was, yeah. I was watching He-Man. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching He-Man and I was watching She-Ra, even though I would never have admitted it at the time. And I was watching, you know, well, whatever. I was watching whatever was on because it's all package made for me, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I was watching it. And then I couldn't understand why they would make a cartoon that was not package made for me because, you know, I'm a white male cisgendered privileged piece of crap. And, uh, and I... <laughs> I didn't understand. And we all love you. And I didn't understand <laughs> that at that time, right? I just thought everything should be for me. And if it isn't, why are they making it? And uh, I'm glad to say that I've grown out of that way of thinking. So, Son Isn't that Sonia. an amazing... Like, I just totally turned that into like, let's talk about social issues, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Ah. Well, you are such an SJW. Oh, I really am. <laughs> I don't see what's wrong with that. Like, if you break that term down. Okay, well, I do think social justice is important. That includes you, person who's criticizing me. Social justice is important just as much for you as it is for me, as it is for anybody else. And why not crusade for that? I don't yeah. understand why. That, like, how is that an insult in any way? The question everyone <laughs> wants us to ask you, we're going to wait till later. But I really want to kind of. Oh, yeah, of course. So let's, let's yeah, get through all the garbage first because we have we to do. keep we them on the even, hook we for don't something. Even pretend that we're not well, doing if, that. if it's all garbage now, that means so, you want to ask so, me a question. Sonia and Fable, our question to you is when did you find out about Friendship is Magic? Like the day it came out, or did you like hear about it after a few episodes? What do you say, Fable? You go first. Sure. <clears throat> so uh, I definitely was. So. Okay. Uh, I was aware that the show came out, um, but uh, but I didn't have have an interest in seeing it. Um, but as I as I went onto my uh, the websites that I frequent and things like that, I would see that hey, there's a lot of pony memes going on. Hey, there's a lot of uh, gifs and or gifs or gifs or whatever. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting pony content being made on the sites that I frequent. Um, and so I went to uh, knowyourmeme.com and I was like, what's the deal with all this pony stuff? And they had a great uh, explaining, a little explainer video of what the deal was with the brony community and what it was. Um, and I was kind of blown away because I had, I had, I know people, you know, they start fandoms and they make stuff. Um, but just the sheer amount of content that I was seeing on YouTube and on websites and even on, on Know Your Meme itself, where they have like lists of uh, images of memes and things, I was blown away. And so I was like, you know what? Let me let me try. Let me let me see what this is all about for myself. Uh, so uh, it was a it was just, it was a December. No, it was a November night. It might have actually been uh, over uh, Thanksgiving break when I was in college. Uh, so it would have been this week. Um uh, I watched the first episode, and of course, it's a two-parter. So it's like again, I got to watch the second one. Uh, and I remember the the exact moment uh, when I was like, "Wow, I I want to." I didn't necessarily say I didn't I, sorry, I didn't necessarily say I want to be a part of this, but I was like, I get why people love this. And it was when Twilight uh, gives her spoiler alert for episode two of the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, Twilight. <laughs> Twilight gives um, Twilight. Twi I don't even want to know the characters' names. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, but um, but the main character, Twilight Sparkle, has a, God, a revelation. <laughs> has a revelation about the uh, um, the spark of friendship and what that means, and what that means to her. And I am so into that. Like I've always been someone who 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 loves uh, dearly my friends. Uh, I've always been someone who who appreciates the idea of, um, you know, people coming together to like solve a large problem. Uh, and, and the friends that I had at college were particularly support supportive, um, just in general, not for pony, but, or yeah, they were for pony also, but you know, uh, but just in general, I had a lot of supportive friends, a lot of supportive people around me. Uh, and this show was literally like the, I saw it as the embodiment of those sorts of values. And I was like, wow, you know what? I really love what this show stands for. Um, and so I continued watching under that premise. Um, and at the time, I believe it was, um, we were in like mid season two, the next episode that I watched, uh, that was live, uh, was last roundup, uh, with, uh, derpy hooves. And if anyone remembers that, 
but uh uh Turkey so that was date. around around the time of airing that episode Turkey is when I, when i came on to the brony the brony train and sonia well yeah i definitely i i also definitely did not come in day one um, my story begins similarly to fables in that, uh, I first became aware of it. There's, you know, ponies everywhere. Um, I'm not as much a partaker in the, in the meme sphere, but, uh, nevertheless, there were ponies everywhere. And the next thing I know, some friends of mine, I guess this would have been about, boom, spring of 2012. So season two was at that point, most of the way done. They said to me, Sonia, this 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 new My Little Pony show is really awesome, and you got to watch it. And the stuff that the fans are doing is crazy, and you're gonna love it. And I'm like, what? My little what? No, 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 no. And so they basically they they bring me down to their place in San Jose, put me in the clockwork orange chair with my eyes peeled open, and they make me watch the initial two parter. Not that it was like it clicked, but the moment that my heart started to 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 melt a little bit and and just get over the fact that that this was candy colored ponies, and that was in the um, in the first two parter. Uh, there's a fantastic moment where Pinkie Pie is about to launch into song, and Twilight Sparkles says to uh, to Rarity next to her tell me she's not and rarity just looks deeply deeply resigned and says she is and the meta commentary just started to to worm its way in my heart and and i became enamored of the humor of it uh plus the positivity i mean it it managed to be an exercise in that you know smart humor a little bit of snark a little bit of edge and uh yeah yeah um it, it just opened up that part of me that had been shut for a very long time to all things cute and much like Peter. Can I just add that no house is complete without a clockwork orange chair. If you don't have one in your own home, <laughs> I actually have two, two people bands while you're doing it. I Absolutely. Love you. So, so I'm sitting in mine right now for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> is, is, is Amy periodically giving you uh, giving you eye drops? I hope so. Cause otherwise you're going to get really dry. No, my eyes are going to be dry <laughs> AF. The well, the, the the other funny bit of the story is that uh, um, right after my friends get me into it, uh, Baycon uh, 2012, as, as opposed to the one I went to a year later and and, came and walked out of going, oh, I'm going to throw a convention, derp, um, was... Uh, short. It was a good idea. It worked. <laughs> it's only a good idea after the fact. I mean, starting a convention is a little like jumping off of a cliff and, and, and deciding to build the airplane on the way down and hoping you don't. I remember, I remember talking to you the Saturday uh, afternoon of that first one. And uh, I don't think you probably remember talking to me. (laughs) Oh, I'm yeah, maybe, I don't know. What, what, what did we talk about? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You were out of it. You were like insane with stress and. Well, you know, yeah, that'll happen. (laughs) Yep. Yep. In any event, though, from within that awakening to two, you know, to just two weeks later, I dragged two friends of mine into, you know, I threw together three cosplays, one for myself and one for each of them, 
and we did the first ever group, well, the first ever My Little Pony cosplays at this particular convention, certainly the first group one, and we actually won a prize in the cosplay contest. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All of you had the Clockwork Orange eyes. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, we, could, we couldn't listen to Beethoven anymore. It was horrifying. Amazing. Rue, didn't you have a question for me? I did have a question for you, Peter. So, Peter, I was wondering, what was your, um, how did you get involved with My Little Pony? Friendship I, is magic. I, I do get asked this a, a lot. and I always I'm sure of, you do. And I'm I sorry it, that. No, no, no. It's fine. I, I don't mind being asked it. I, I just think it's funny because it belies this or betrays this this um, idea of what an, an actor's life is like at my level. You know, like I go to auditions and I hope to get everyone I go to. And that's all that happened was that I just got a call from my agent saying, come on down and maybe you'll I, I get think it. And maybe you people won't. think and that like when you have celebrity it. that like all you all have each other in your phone books and like and like, yeah. And yeah, they do. I do get asked. I, I get asked a lot. I get asked. People say, hey, Peter, can you tell Andrea this or that or the other? And it's like, well, I don't really. You know, I like Andrea. I have Andrea's number, but yeah, we don't hang out actively. You know, like I see her around from time to time, and we're very friendly when we see each other. But it's, it's like she's not thing. one of my best friends. You know, like we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're work friends. So was your was your audition? Did you audition for Big Mac or did you audition for? Okay, that I, I did. I did. It was it was one of the the, the studio that we worked at, uh, Dick and Rogers. Um, they used to do this thing. I don't think they do it anymore because I think they overheard us all complaining about it. But for years they did this thing that we would call as actors, we would call the walk of shame audition. And I've been on both sides of this audition where they were recording season one, episode four that morning at nine. And my audition was at eight forty-five. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah. And Basically, they would bring in, I don't remember how many, but like, you know, not more than three of us, I don't think, maybe, you know, not more than three of us. And uh, and each of us would, you know, and everybody was there because everybody was there to record the episode, right? So Lauren Faust is on the phone and uh, uh, Woody and and, and uh, Jason are there and, uh, you know, Terry Class and the voice director is there and uh, all of the producers and everybody are filling the room. And it's still early in the show. So like there's a, a bigger producer presence than there, than there was in general as we went through. Uh, and you go in by yourself and you, they, they, you know, they had us do a couple of yups and nopes. And then they had us do, uh, they'd written a, a paragraph as though um, Applejack had come to Big Mac for advice. And I can't remember whether it was sort of set on his porch or if I just kind of imagined him in a rocking chair on a porch with a hayseed, it might've just been my head, but you know, they wanted you to go through this whole thing where he was given advice and, you know, being the wiser, older brother. And, uh, so it was this little monologue and then you go out and you wait around in the room, in the kitchen, which is right outside the studio. And as you're waiting around, you know, all of the leads are showing up. So Ashley, Andrea, uh, Tabitha are all showing up to record the episode. And then at around nine, Terry Klassen comes out and, and points at one of you and says, okay, you got it. And everybody else has to Jeez. walk home. That's it. Walk of shame. See you later. You don't get the work. And like, 
it's fundamentally the same as any other audition that you might go to, but you usually get the, the, the shame gets to be private. <laughs> and, uh, the thing about that audition is that you, you feel bad getting the job because, you know, the people that are there trying to audition for it are also your friends, but you also feel bad not getting the job because you really did want the job. So then you have to walk away feeling all rejected while everybody else goes in. This to sounds do a little bit like when you run into <laughs> so your ex sort and you're of like, awful "Hey, yeah. like you're actually happy to see him, but it's a little weird." Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although period. that's how it was. And I, and the thing is, I thought like you know, I thought it was going to be one. I thought my little <laughs> pony. I hate this show. <laughs> I'll do I'll do one and then that'll be it. I'll never hear from it again. What how, how hilarious will it be? I'll cynically, right? How hilarious will it be to do one of these and then move on? So, when did when did you know that this was going to become a thing, a cultural thing? Was there like a moment where you were just like, "Holy shit." Um There definitely was, but it was quite a bit later. It was it was probably during the the season 2 record uh, you know, where I, I, I'd come back a couple of times, obviously. So I realized that I was actually going to recur to some degree, um, and be, be part of it by then. But of course it takes approximately a year from our recording date for the show to air, right? Like people are surprised now because they're like, Oh my God, what are you going to do now that my little pony is over? I'm like, dudes, my little pony has been over for me since August of 2018. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> you know, I wasn't waiting for it to air to, to, to get the next job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it's a year, right? So, you know, you do it and you, it would sort of disappear into your memory. Uh, but then there was this one day I remember where, um, we, it was sort of pre the NDA culture and I was able to kind of say, Hey, I'm in the studio recording another, my little pony episode. And I put that up on my Facebook fan page. And, uh, I think this was before I did Twitter too. And like overnight it went from being like 200 of my closest friends to, to like 3000 people suddenly following me and asking me about, Oh, cloth. we're going to ask and, about that later. Don't you know. worry. So don't worry. We'll like come I, to that. Jesus. So I realized I realized that it was going to be something. And then, you know, and then shortly thereafter, I found out that there were things like BronyCon that were in the world. And, um, and I was nervous about it because of course I'd been asked about Klopp. End of story. <laughs> Does everyone in the audience know what Klopp is? It's the jerking I'm... off of the ponies. <laughs> it's, it's my little ponies with human vaginas all coming. Oh my gosh. That 14 year old that's listening to this show right now. Can you tell me this you was an 18 plus show? You should not be listening to this show right now. This is the reason why. <laughs> Come here, pony pussies. I just said it. What? There you go. I'm crossing, I'm crossing off uh, all the friends Come. and all the family members. I was going to send this podcast out to but no, Army anyone. pony pussies. The list is getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny! How All can right. we make this list even smaller? Because <laughs> naturally, naturally, yeah. the bronies had to have their own word for fap. Because duh. So you know, we actually have some furries that listen to our show at work. <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> They well, do like, like pro- and broadcast it to all of their coworkers, like <laughs> over the speaker. Oh well, <sighs> I found that out early. What Klopp was? So there you have it. The first Klopp image. I mean, I, I'm answering a question that you probably are going to ask later. But the first Klopp, I didn't know what it was, so I googled it, of course. And you know, I 
found uh, uh, immediately a picture of Big Mac just taking his big greasy cock into Applejack against the tree. And I was just like, okay, well, that is have something you, I didn't have need you ever to had see. A moment? And, uh, <laughs> have you ever? And it remains, it remains an image that I can't did forget. That, did that change your voice acting? Did that help you get into character? It didn't help me at all. No, okay, I didn't. I don't so think it changed have, it. I just kind of went. People have shown you Klopp then. Have you ever seen Klopp and been like, oh, that's actually kind of hot? I never really, I'm not really turned on by it. I, I sometimes look at it and I think, wow, I'm like, I'm, I'm really amazed and, and, and taken with the talent that is involved in creating it because I think it's remarkable. I can't draw for shit. So I'm like, I always look at it and think, wow, that's really incredible that you can, you know, make it so evocative and, 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 and visceral. Uh, so, you know, I do appreciate it for that, but at the same time, I'm like, that's just, All right. you know, I don't well, judge Well, now we have to ask the, uh, the other two. So, Sonia and Fable, where do you stand on Klopp? That's <laughs> 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 not, not the list in our questions, Tux. <laughs> uh, you home when I need to reach a higher shelf. Oh, the my crapper. goodness. <laughs> where has this episode gone? Help me. Help me. This is the thing, though. Like, I'm, I'm no longer, uh, I'm no longer tied yeah, to true. having to respond politely. <laughs> so you get the, you get the unfiltered me this time, which is exciting. It's the yeah, first the stuff time. you're tied to is entirely different now. Woohoo! Oh, all right. So no! okay. So really, Fable. No, I'm tied so, to my clockwork orange chair. So, but right we now. have one question for you, Fable, and for you. I'm so. not wearing pants. Before we go to our our, our break, which wait, is, you wear pants ever? When did you guys realize that, like? I'm going to do a convention and like, I'm going to do a thing. Like this is a thing now. Like, did you have a moment where you were just like, I think I'm going to go rent a hotel and have a party and see who shows up. Like how, how did that come about? When did you, did you have a moment of, of where the sky flashed green and you knew? Um, well, I suppose I'm the one to answer that. So I will. I mean, so like I said earlier, um, fandom for me uh, struck quickly and very intensely to the point where I actually managed to turn the friends who had turned me on to Pony kind of off of it with the sheer intensity (laughs) of my response. Well, you know how it is, right? We've all had that time where someone we've turned on to something got so into it that we're just like, "Uh, I'm going to go over there now and do something else BronyCon, con Everpea northwest and TrotCon, and this con and that con and the other con and places like dallas and salt lake fucking city for crying out loud and here i am right living in the san francisco bay area which this this just struck me as as deeply deeply unfair uh and and touched a nerve in me to to want to do something about it and I started to wonder, could I do it? So, I mean, it wasn't like one moment. It was like a growing thing. And I didn't know if I could. I mean, I figured, you know, I'm a basically competent person, very much jack of all trades, master of none. But so I had a, a you know, I had a little skill in a lot of places. And I walked out of that room. And that was the first moment when I thought I can do this. So that was the moment where I, where I established potential capability. But as far as wanting to do it that that was not instantaneous in any way 
All right. Well, guess what, you guys? We have to go on a quick break. break. We're running out of tape. We have to press the pause button. Pause. Everybody has to go, go, go use the bathroom. Hailing frequencies open. Smoke Scale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Monday, November 25th, here are your space headlines. China's been having quite a busy time lately. They launched four rockets in 10 days, and they even completed a landing test of their Mars rover. One of the launches marked a ridiculously short turnaround between liftoffs, three hours. Granted, it wasn't from the same launch pad, but two different launch sites. It's still a rather impressive turnaround. Not even SpaceX can top that with their 24-hour difference from Kennedy to Vandenberg. Unfortunately, since it's China, there's still the small issue of boosters falling on civilian homes. More photos have surfaced online of a strap-on liquid fuel booster having crashed into a home in a small town in rural China. Clouds of orange toxic hydrazine can be seen. Don't breathe that. Japan's Hayabusa 2 spacecraft has left the asteroid it was studying. It's begun its return journey back to Earth with the sample it collected. This is the same mission that shot a bullet into the asteroid to avenge the dinosaurs and maybe do some science and stuff. The trip from the 900-meter asteroid, Ryugu, is going to take quite a while. The sample return capsule is scheduled to re-enter and parachute down in the Australian outback at the end of 2020. Astronauts on the ISS recently completed a complex spacewalk to repair a cosmic ray detector. This was the 222nd spacewalk for the station. It's only the first in the total of four spacewalks meant to work on the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer, specifically the cooling system. It's one of the most complex procedures ever attempted, largely because this instrument was never intended to be operated on while in space. That means it lacks things like fasteners, cables, handrails, and even the interior space necessary for EVA repair work. However, after years of preparation, practice, and figuring out how to use tools in ways they weren't intended to be used, the repairs on the first spacewalk were complete. The second one was completed only a few days later, replacing the coolant pump. The hope is that all this work will extend the useful life of the Alpha Magnetic Spectrometer all the way to the end of the station's life. And lastly, SpaceX has been awfully busy themselves. Nearly two weeks ago at the time of this recording, SpaceX performed a successful test fire of their Crew Dragon's main thrusters. It's a significant step given the anomaly they suffered back in April. This was to test the modifications made to prevent the explosion that destroyed the capsule that had flown to the station and back. Next will be the in-flight abort test, which is scheduled for mid-December. After that, hopefully the vehicle will be rated for human flight. And speaking of vehicles meant for human flight, one of the test articles for Starship, affectionately known as Starhopper, suffered a rather serious rupture during a cryogenic test not long ago. The vehicle itself is actually in pretty good shape. The top of the tank popped off and was launched a few hundred feet up into the air. Now, before anyone gets any funny ideas, this was planned. The test was actually to push the vehicle to the limit and force it to fail to find that limit. It's pretty impressive to watch, and this particular vehicle was never meant to be flown again. It's been coined Star Popper. This was the Mark I vehicle. It and the Mark II vehicle are just boilerplate spacecraft meant to shake out the problems and find design flaws, as well as learn everything the company can in a test environment. Another term for this kind of hardware is Pathfinder hardware, where you build it just to see what works and what doesn't. Something on paper is very different from practical application. Neither were intended to be the high-altitude landing test that's planned for the Mark III version. While they're working on the next Starhopper, Elon can get back to showing off the Tesla Cybertruck and its amazing breakable, unbreakable glass. 
It's actually supposed to be unbreakable, but all the validation tests they performed were while the window was not installed. Whoops. That's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. Alright, before we go to our worship, as we are uh, prone to do every episode, we also have a special sponsor this episode, the people who are on. So, let's talk about BabsCon. Do the thing, guys. Do your little plug that you guys practiced on the the break. Okay. Totally practiced on the break. So, it's... BabsCon. BabsCon, uh, or the Bay Area Brony Spectacular, is happening in San Francisco next April 10th through 12th. And this guy right here, Me? in the clockwork orange chair, ah! new, is going to be there, along with some other great folks. Uh, we've, we have plenty of guests to announce, but we've already announced Peter. We've announced uh, Nicole Oliver, the voice of Princess Celestia. And we- Miss Cheerilee. Then Miss Shirley and uh, several others as well. Oh, and Tree Hugger. <laughs> and Zoe from Littlest Pet Shop. This is true. This is true. We could uh, have a Littlest Pet Shop uh, reunion or something with you because you were on, you were Sunil, right? I was Sunil. Right. And, and yeah. I, was about, I was about 70 voices on that show. Uh, April 10th through 12th, April. Um, you can go to babscon.com where you can register, book your hotel. Uh, you'll get to meet Peter. You'll get to meet mm. Nicole. You'll get to meet one of the one of the we we're really jazzed about this. We got one of the show writers who basically much like a guest star. This is a guest star writer, uh, Ms. Gail Simone, who, if you're not aware, is like a comic writing legend. And then she wrote for the show. She wrote the wonderful, wonderful episode where Celestia and Luna go on vacation and go zip landing and have all kinds of sisterly bickering. It was a great deal of fun. And we uh, just announced our first very experimental guest woo, who actually wasn't even on the show woo. but i was on a show with her ah well who hasn't been because she's voice acting royalty she's gray delisle griffin woo. oh my god thing is i didn't voice act with her she was a voice actor on the show and i was an actor on the show Oh, that's right. That's right. It was the Scooby-Doo Supernatural crossover, wasn't it? That's right. Called Scooby-Natural. Scooby-Natural. And Gray uh, has been, for this whole millennium anyway, the voice of Daphne on Scooby-Doo, a character a few of you might know. In Princess Fairly Azula Hollywood. from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Azula, yes, Azula. She was Mandy on The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. <laughs> So, how is so Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman in DC Superhero Girls? Yes, she was Frankie Foster on Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, the character based on Lauren Faust. And and how do people register to meet this royalty? Oh, they go to babscon.com and click on the register button, and they can get ten percent off with promo code Tugs. Sorry, Rue, we just wanted to keep it really short and simple. <laughs> And it doesn't get any more simple than tugs, as we all know. No. And something I'd like to say real quick to our to our wonderful audience. Uh, even if you're not into the My Little Pony fandom, uh, you will love our convention. Uh, BabsCon was made 
uh, by people who go to conventions often and love them and want to throw the best one. So we've Aren't- got concerts. We have a whole party floor, just like Furcon has. Uh, where the entire second floor of the hotel uh, becomes a oh, super rad. It's <laughs> so parties fun with uh, free up with uh, alcohol, where so, you can pay your bartender. I'm but, super or, um, looking forward. I'm super looking forward to the Klingon party. Oh yeah, yeah the Klingon, Klingon party, party coming back. I know oh, the guy yeah. who makes the drinks. For we'll that. see. We should talk. Oh yeah, that's good. That's yeah. that was fun last time. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so even if you're not into pony, uh, I highly recommend you check us out. Uh, we've got something for everybody. Uh, so please uh, check us out. Babscon.com. Yeah, and I'm, and we, I mean, we like to use all parts of the guests, which is the only ecologically way, so, ecologically sound way to use them. Oh my god! So my not god. just the pony parts, but all of the guests. What? What? <laughs> While you guys think about that, we're going to shift gears, and I'm going to introduce our Patreon sponsors for the day. Oh my gosh, Tugs! This Are is the serious? worship music. So, love it. We would like to thank the people yeah, who I'm, keep the lights on around here. I'm genuflecting already. Oh yes. So we have Ligris, Moss, Aussie Cat, Chapagriff, Snares, Skylos, Bubble Whip, Simone, August, Catchy, <laughs> Guardian Lion, Dusky, Koru, Adelor, Baldric, Rifka. Weirdly enough, Nuka is a patron of basically his own show. I don't understand, but he supports us anyway. Ichi, Kit, Taz, and Jake Fox. If you would like to support the rumors that we do, go to patreon.com slash fwiw because we got that before anyone else. Do it now. There. Sorry. It's you know, supposed that's a to very, fade. Uh, that's a very abruptly ending psalm there. Well, we well, was, we, we pay the choir crying. by the note, so you know. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta... That was that was done with our services. So we have a couple of emails that have been sent in to us by some listeners. Neato. and you know, we wanted to. Yeah, we actually have maybe like one or two listeners. You know, that sometimes mm-hmm. listen to the show. Six, but we have yes, yeah, six <laughs> of them. <laughs> I know. Wow, I should... I'm. I'm gonna be famous. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to read All this right. first one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, this is from Jake Fox. He said, "What's good, caster for what it's worth and guesticles." I never gave the My Little Pony franchise much thought, but respected it for what it was. I see what you did there. <laughs> that being said, my boyfriend had me watch the feature-length movie, and I have to say, it was well written and an enjoyable watch. Knowing that. The- now, knowing that the franchise itself seems to be over, at least that generation, I still see a heavy presence of MLPR around the interneets. <laughs> E621. <laughs> I see that while it may be hard for a younger generation who won't have access to fresh MLP TV shows and the like, I see the fan base seems to be very much intact. In the past, Ruin Tugs have discussed the interesting aspect of furries being in... Um, in terms of being a fan base and control of original creation, I imagine that the bronies of today will continue into tomorrow, trademark, and keep I the franchise so. alive in a way that furries have been doing since day one, original character creation, etc. What are your thoughts on this? I imagine that if this email is right on air, you probably have already discussed this. So yay for redundancy. Nope, we didn't. Signed, Jake Fox, the it with the most to get. He also says Taz is cute. That's kind of a weird band. So, um, Fable, we want to yes. want to know what do you think is going to happen now? 
Well, uh, I think he is absolutely right uh, that the fandom will continue going strong. We have uh, not just BabsCon, but other conventions that are still uh, in existence and that people still go to. But in terms of the the fan work, uh, the artwork, the music, uh, you know, I subscribe to a lot of uh, Brony uh, artists. And when I say artists, I mean like, you know, art, music, music, um, things like that. Uh, and, you know, they're still putting out pony content. Uh, a lot of them I know are uh, going out to other other fandoms. I know there's a lot of um, a lot of Brony artists that went into the Five Nights at Freddy's fandom. Uh, so I know like Living Tombstone uh, has like a famous a couple of famous songs uh, in that particular fandom. Wow. Um, and you'd be surprised that uh, how many uh, I believe uh, musicians and possibly animators uh, worked on um, the new Has Been Hotel pilot Ooh, that's on yes, uh, yes. that came out on YouTube uh, uh, in October. Watch it. Um, so 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 while while maybe so it's great for for me personally to see a lot of people that you know over the last you know for me it's been 7 years but like for the last 7 years and for the last 9 years of the show um that have been creating such amazing content are going on continuing to make pony content but also going on to do uh, like bigger bigger and better things uh and more interesting things so even though maybe some people some artists uh have quote unquote left left the fandom uh, I honestly think that uh, My Little Pony is still going to be a part of them forever. Um, it'll be in their heart and it'll be in the work that they do. Uh, so that's what I, I personally look forward to seeing is uh, not just more pony content from these artists, but uh, you know, other things that they're able to express because of the experiences they've had um, with the uh, the Brony fandom. Can I chime in on that as well? Is that all right? Yes, please feel free. Um, I, I My hope has always been ever since the beginning that that much like something Sonia alluded to earlier is that the um the the brony fandom to me has always been fascinating because it's it, it has allowed the let me start that again in, in that it's the I was always kind of cynical and uh, the Brony fandom allowed me to see in myself, and I think it allows people to see of themselves that cynicism is not a necessary defense mechanism. You don't need to keep it. And it's, it's okay to enjoy things that are um, earnest. And uh, I always thought that the Brony fandom had a huge positive power for the world uh, if it chose to use it. And I, and I feel like in the wake of the show, I feel like bronies themselves are going to have to reconcile that with themselves and decide, look, what kind of person do I really want to be? And what kind of fandom do we really want to be? And do we want to move forward in positivity and change? Or do we want to move forward in, in politics and griping? And I hope they choose the former over the latter. As far as the fandom continuing, I mean, a lot of folks seem to think that My Little Pony is going to go the way of most media in the current age, whereby it just kind of disappears into the ether, into the torrent of new stuff. I don't think and it I will. And I don't think it will either. Um, it, it, you know, it created a bigger cultural imprint, I feel, than a lot of a lot of those did. I mean, it's, you know, I love star versus the forces of evil, for example, which is a great cartoon and everyone should watch it, but you didn't see any star versus conventions. 
Uh, you only saw one or two Steven Universe conventions, and that show is considered a major cultural phenomenon. Um, I sort of feel I sort of feel like uh, I've always equated it to the Star Trek uh, fandom, and part exactly. of that maybe part of that maybe just because I you know my first big convention was BronyCon 2012 in New Jersey with John Delancey who played Q on Star Trek plays Discord on My Little Pony. And I remember, like, I didn't know what to expect. It was my first big convention. I had no idea what to to do with it. And I remember this moment where the staff was all gathering us at the in the lobby of our own hotel before we walked over to the um, convention center, and we were waiting on somebody. I don't remember who. And John said, "Like, I remember him being like, uh, what are we all waiting for here?'" And <laughs> and someone said, "Oh, someone, someone, someone's still coming down from the room." And he went. Uh, well, I know what I know. I know what this is. I know what to expect from this. I know how to do this. And he just kind of took off and went to the con on his own. He was like, "I'm not waiting for security. I'm just. I've done a million of these. I'm gonna go." <laughs> and uh, and I I remember sort of taking that moment and being like, "Oh yeah, okay, cool, right? Like that's we have that choice in us to be like we can be here with people and engage with people and reach out to people, or we can choose to." put walls up and uh, and i like that he didn't and i and i like to think that i don't i try not to no well i've you know well I've you're never... here listening to you know ha- joining us with our six listeners so we really appreciate it six is a lot it really is <laughs> it's, well, it's, more, it's more than there are people on this on this cast by by one yeah i know oh. right as long as your audience is bigger that's the old theater rule right like if your audience is bigger than your cast you go forward with the show mm-hmm. But uh, what I was going to say was my usual rejoinder when somebody says, oh, well, the show's over and BronyCon's over. Does that mean there'll be no more cons and the fandom's over? My, 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 my canned response is, well, yes, as we all know, uh, there were no Trek conventions after 1969, and there certainly weren't any Doctor Who conventions after 1989. Yeah, neither of those happened. Wait, they did, though. <laughs> Yep. Are you sure about that? I've heard. Uh, I think I've heard I, need the, I, need I, always, I always trust so the internet. This is actually a good interjection point for Ichi's email. Rue, do you have it? Yes, I do. It says, Dear esteemed guests and cast, here is my question for mm-hmm. the guests. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe that there will be an effort to continue the series through fan made comics? Something as large as the fandom of MLP seems to seems to large just just to end. Um, number two, why do you think Bronies receive so much negative criticism from other parts of the furry fandom? As a fan of Paw Patrol, um, people sometimes joke about it. Thank you, Ichi. I think that. Yes, the bronies are going to continue to make uh, art and comics and content. I know that, you know, there's this movement right now saying, oh, well, My Little Pony season 10 is actually going to take place in the IDW comics. Uh, I know that Hasbro is entertaining a Generation 5 right now, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm not a part of it at all. Um, So I know that there is going to be new content, and I know that uh, the comics are going to continue to create content. I know that the fans will continue to create content. Uh, and in terms of why bronies, I mean, I, I, my two cents on why bronies have received criticism from furries. Uh, I just feel like people 
don't people come to things like fandom, things like brony fandom, things like being furry, things like these things. A lot of what draws people to them, I think, is this sense of identity, sense of wanting to belong. And um and I think when and this is total speculation and I might be completely wrong, but like, I just feel like when you identify so strongly as something like furry and then something so similar comes along like brony, um, it challenges your own sense of identity. And I think what we can look at when we see, you know, if we, again, I don't want to take it into politics, but when we look at like Republican versus Democrat or whatever, it's so tribal. And I think that there is that sort of sense in us, like we identify with what's exterior and we want to create this sort of tribal identity for ourselves that we feel challenged when that challenges us. And, uh, and I don't know why we need to, because I think if you find an identity that is yours, uh, then any label that anyone can give you is irrelevant. Well, on top of that, I mean, both furries and bronies uh, do see themselves and not, un- not unjustly so as rather persecuted. And mm. And at the same time, each one sees the other as a little bit worse. So there is that 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 mutually put upon sense of well, at least we're not those people over there. Um, but that's absurd. Like I'm a I'm a person. Of it's absurd. <laughs> I'm a person that like I live outside of both of those communities. It's not like I've not been to furry cons. I have, and I've not not been to Bernie cons, of course, because I have, and they're fundamentally the same. Um, yes, they are. And yep. and they're fundamentally the same as a Star Trek convention, and they're fundamentally the same as a sports game, and they're fundamentally the same yes. as a concert. It's fandom, and fandom exists in all these different forms. You know, yes, like you, I, I hate to say it, but like any furry is just the same as a juggalo, is just the same as a brony, is just the same as a, a, a Vancouver Canucks fan. But you try to tell them that. No, and they won't hear it. They won't have it because they think of because there is there are fundamental differences between those things. Of course, of course there are. But I think there is a a common human need to connect with the larger group, like well, an individual okay. need to connect with a larger group, right? And well, I think well, that, for example, though, for example, this is this is fascinating because this this really happened and ruined ruined and and tugs. You guys are in the furry community. Back me up here. Zootopia <laughs> comes out a few years ago. I heard and about people this. get all up into this and suddenly it. It there's a, suddenly the, it is a fantastic movie. I can't wait for the next one. Um, all of a sudden there are these people going around saying, Oh, well we're, we're, zoo, we're not furries. We're, we're, we're Zootopia fans. We're Zootopians. This, this is, this is what I have heard. Is this, is this not so did this, did this happen? I mean, I know that there is a small group that's out there overall. I mean, maybe I just need to do more research. We definitely haven't had a podcast that's been about, you know, specifically about Zootopia itself. So, you know, I can't necessarily, we can't necessarily quote to that, but, but the thing is, is you're right that there is some people that do that, but at large, most of them are just furries. There's not going to be a Zootopia 
I mean, may, maybe somebody will start a Zootopia convention. Well, no, but no, I no, highly, I highly, highly doubt that that's well, more happen. like these are these are you know quote unquote normies who who get into Zootopia, right? But they they haven't gotten to the point where they're where they are kind of allowing themselves to Look, think of themselves as free. I think, I think it's I think it's this is that like you know before I went to my first BronyCon, like I had this sort of experience of. Um, people asking me what clop was and Googling it and finding porn and uh, porn of my own character fucking his sister. And, you know, so there's, there is this kind of like, as just an, a, a guy who's like, my fandom is acting. Like I'm an acting nerd, you know, I'm a cartoons nerd. I'm a, I'm a film nerd. And that's where I kind of live. And, but then to find out that, oh, okay, well, there's this group of people here who are, they're drawing like giant pony penises and, and away they go, you know, you start to go, well, what, what are they all like? And of course, when you arrive at the convention, you find out that they're normal, they're completely normal. And so oh. I think the same, the same is true of perception versus reality in the furry community, right? Like there is a perception as I'm sure everybody listening to this knows there's a perception in the, of, of furries from outside the furry community that they're all pervert or whatever, but I've been to furry conventions and everybody is normal, right? Like it's just, I, I think what it normal. is, and this is what I learned by visiting BabsCon as much as I did was that the, the, the absence of a corporate canon dictator a corporate overlord is what we call it for shorthand really messes yeah. with people because yeah, yeah, furries, yeah, yeah. well sure we appreciate stuff from a variety of companies we don't have a company like hasbro dictating how our conventions go we do what the fuck we want but hasbro has reps in it. yeah well they you know, hasbro doesn't dictate they don't but they yeah, we, but my understanding is always that. that they do have maybe a representative presence maybe not as it went on but at the beginning especially to make sure that certain things were like like no one was going to be selling like porn openly kind of thing like nothing nothing directly dictatorial but they certainly had some influence is is how i understand is that not accurate cuz i don't i don't think that's true no i think they tried to have influence but i don't uh well actually my uh my friend purple tinker will tell you that uh there was a stretch during the organization of one of the early um, BronyCons where actually Hasbro was kind of dicking her around and uh, saying that she might not be able to have the guests that she wanted, particularly the uh, show guests, voice actors. But they don't. But but what? Have you. But what? And Tinker didn't know at that time was that Hasbro doesn't actually contract us in such a way. Uh, right. That they get to control us, right? Like they don't get to say they they contract us show to show, right? Like over nine years of making a show, I signed. I don't even like however however many episodes I did, I signed that many contracts, right? So if I were in, if I would, you know, if I'd been in on a on a Monday afternoon one week and then coming back Monday afternoon the next week, I sign a contract on the first week and I'm now unemployed until I get the call maybe Thursday or Friday from my agent saying, hey, you're in oh. again on Monday. Right. right. As long as, it's, as long as I'm unemployed, I'm a, I'm a freelance voice actor. Like I don't have Hasbro has no control besides what is in their actual contract over what I say or what I do. I can go to a convention if I want to go see, to a convention. It's got nothing to do with them. Never well, at the same time. If they, if they see endear, or even if they throw even the most like laughable nuisance suit at her, that's it. Yeah. They could have, they could have done that, but like ultimately, you know, Ultimately, I think our our own agents said to them, "Look, you're gonna you're gonna lose that suit, and you're denying 
us as actors. You're denying us. A, a well, right. That's, that's how it resolved itself. But I think, certainly, uh, I think what Tugs is saying is that there has been sometimes the Hasbro has ste- stepped in and stopped some things that the fandom, that the Brony fandom yeah. has been doing. Like, yeah, for example, the, like yeah. that, the video game. Yeah, like that's, that's fighting is magic. That's a prime example. Like if furries wanted to create some sort of a furry fighting video game, yeah, they, they could. wouldn't yeah. have any sort of issue. Yeah, there's no, there's, well, yeah, there's no, there's no overseer. And I think to people say struggle you, with that you, lack of an overseer because it's like, like exactly. I, I can't think of another fandom where like someone isn't in charge of something, be it sports, someone owns the team, the league, there's a commissioner, but like, and I think that's what makes right. furries kind of be stubborn about it is because we'd like that level of freedom and we don't necessarily want to have that kind mm. of association. It's like, no, we create everything organically. Yeah. But I that's like not, that. I like but that. at the no, same it's exact not. time, it's absolutely not. Not but, but no one can us. own us because I mean, because we, we take, of course we take little yeah, yeah. things from different, different fandoms. I mean, I mean, just talking about your character itself, yeah. it's also from... Yeah, absolutely. A, a right, right. Fandom. But I mean, of course, I evolved right? and changed things and stuff and made it organic. And I'm not saying that there isn't a corporate influence. I'm just saying that we don't have one company. We don't have Disney. We don't have Hasbro. We don't have Warner saying this is how it is. Right. We... we Right. There's nobody that there's nobody right. that can and, kind and of move that's, in on you. That and is say the stop. defining difference in what drives yes. to that that I don't I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing when furries are like, no, we're not just like, you know, we're we're furries and it's important that that distinction is made, but I don't necessarily see it as like a bad thing. Like it's not necessarily saying just because we are we're proud we're proud of being organic that whatever you're into isn't as good. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's just something that we hold important to us. Every time there's been any kind of corporate intrusion, there's been a severe backlash, like like the whole for affinity IMVU thing. Yes, that was a huge, yeah. huge backlash. 100%. Anytime that some sort of corporate tries to get involved. And and we do that. We do that because like, you know, like I mean, if you're a lifestyler, which everyone I know is, there are fans, of course. Um, like, it, it we integrate it. It means a lot. It is you know it's what we do when we're not at the job, right? The flip side, because we're talking about oh the furry fandom doesn't really have um, uh, corporate overlords, but My Little Pony Friendship is Magic clearly does. Uh, and and you know people can say oh this is good, this is bad for what reason? I want to sort of flip the script and be like uh, the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic fandom. In a way, it 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 itself has a north star. Um, what the corporate overlords, quote unquote. Um, sort of give us is, you know, here is how, here is what the show is about. And from that, you can sort of extrapolate what the fandom ought to be about. Um, so, so while, while I'm sure, um, you know, once we no longer have these corporate overlords or, uh, or, you know, as the fandom continues, I'm sure we still will be about friendship and and things like that. Um, but w- would we have been as strongly about that if if we were just kind of like some random, you know, pastel horse fandom? I don't I don't think so. Um, I know that. So it's super important, and and I'm curious since we're talking about parallels here. <laughs> is there a parallel for you, Sonia? For you, Fable? And then have you witnessed these parallels, Peter? In in where like people are like, you know, My Little Pony means everything to me in a very deep way. I've definitely met those people. Yeah. Yeah. I've met them. 
Well, so how deeply has the show impacted you two as fans? You want to go first, Fable? Uh, I am totally... uh, I love the message that the show itself... um, Magic of Friendship, even before My Little Pony. I'm the original Magic of Friendship. Friendship is Magic of <laughs> for that. This, this, this dude is, is, is relentlessly positive. So, so, so for me, it was, it, was le- it was less about, oh my God, My Little Pony is, is my life. But it was more about, wow, My Little Pony really understands what I believe. So I was kind of intrinsically uh, attached to the show uh, not necessarily because, oh my God, I love the Pony Phantom and Pony is my life. It's just like, hey, you know what? Uh, I already lived my life this way. Uh, and the show, fits, you know, right? the show, the show is a natural extension of that. Uh, but I, I would never say that, like, oh my God, my whole life is is all about My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Uh, even now, s- since the show ends, or even between seasons, you know, I'm still listening to, like My Little Pony, uh, like music from the show and from the fandom. Uh, but but I'm not like. You know, I'm not in, in a in a fursuit or I'm not, you know, hanging out. I have my 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 bronies that I hang out with, uh, but it's not necessarily like the core focus of why I'm hanging out with these people. Um, I met them through the fandom, but I'm not there because I'm not there up, to brony? discuss the fandom with them you necessarily. Did? I met my wife through the fandom. Nice. I did. And and it's not like we talk about bronies every day. Yeah, if yeah. only we could all be so lucky yeah. to meet our uh, significant others through fandom. That would be amazing. The first time I'm, I met my wife was at Canterlot Gardens in, so in Cleveland. So you married a fan? That's awesome. Uh, she was she was there because her, her then boyfriend wanted to come. She'd seen the show. She wasn't a huge fan of it at the time. And then uh, I think because she was interested in me and I was interested in her, she started to watch it more, but... So I, I don't well, I hesitate know, to yeah. say I married a fan. I think I, that sort of belittles it, diminishes it. You know. Well, you know what, Peter? Damn, when Peter New steals your girl, like, oh my god! I, I think now well, now he's not Vincent Tong. Uh, I, I think the reason oh, like, god. That, I'm definitely not Vincent Tong. is like you married a fan oh, because I, fans I think have a perception, and and it's rightfully so that like you that kind of stuff doesn't happen like. People, I, I mean, I, I've interviewed enough people doing this show now that I, I recognize that people who have any degree of celebrity are going to find people who just want to get to know them because they want something. And it's like the perpetual, like, you always got to watch for it. I've never met someone who, and and so to, for someone to break yeah, through that screen and to actually become a bona fide friend that you get close with is very impressive. The, the first thing, the first, the first thing she ever said to me was, I know who you are, but I don't care. <laughs> and then I, and then I didn't, ah. then I didn't see her again for like nine months. <laughs> that was it. Oh yeah. So no, it's, it's just really <laughs> remarkable and cool that like it happened. So there's hope, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. But I mean, I I really do think like any any kind of romance comes down to chemistry. It doesn't. It's it's not really about anything else. Plus, you. I mean, I, you you do have to really be aware of and careful of any sense of power dynamic, right? Because as a person in a thing talking to any fan, there is an inherent power dynamic that you have to overcome if you're going to um, develop any kind of long-term friendship or relationship. And, um, and that's a, that's a thing that you have to consider very deeply uh, 
as as you move through the kind of life of you know yeah fan to celebrity kind of thing and i'm not i don't like i'm not that big a celebrity yeah so, definitely but like, that paradigm um, still does that's exist. why they have the lists i guess right a list b list c list because i think it, it speaks to that dynamic yeah right i'm i'm, I'm about f list i think so yeah um but i know we didn't get list. your response right but i, I really want to know so how deeply did did the pony fandom impact your life well i mean in the sense that it kind of took over my life a little bit uh, for a while just a bit tiny little bit um that's <laughs> a little bit. true a little bit that's certainly true. Uh, as far as how it affected me personally, I mean, I wouldn't say that it had a, a wide-reaching effect as much as it, it again, just kind of drove a chink into a particular piece of psychological armor of mine, which is that it showed me... Um, it showed me that, that, that cute, and I mean cute on a level of cute that I really just found overwhelming previously did not necessarily have to be um stupid well adjusted <laughs> i don't know any other way to put it well again now, it goes back to what i said earlier i think about how like earnestness is was somehow mlp made earnestness okay like it was all right well, to just yeah because it was earnestness without necessarily naivete right. or without dumbing down to a level of infantilism. Yeah. Right. Or cynicism. Well, but, but I mean, I'm, earnestness I, and cynicism don't, you know, they, those two don't, aren't going to exist in the same place. Anyway, I, just I mean, think. I already liked some cute things. I mean, you go back to like Powerpuff Girls, not surprisingly at McCracken and Lauren Faust uh, joint. Um, but again, that still didn't have the same pastel-y, candy-colored aesthetic that something like Pony did and didn't have the linkage to the the franchise, of course, which had, which had previously been, you know, tea parties and whatnot. Yeah. So it, it, a lot, I mean, the, the, what I told, um, and, and here's where I sound like a, name-dropping, social-climbing grasper. What I told uh, Lauren Faust when I had oh, the opportunity... Oh, to- I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I met Lauren Faust! I know, right? When oh. uh, <laughs> I had the wonderful opportunity to try to get my, my Terry Gross on and, and interview her uh, back when she showed up to the con in 2016, we did a little one-on-one interview. I met her, too, I know, I know. Well, aren't we both special? Um... I got to say this this thing that was very sincere and true and to be able to say that to her in person in front of, you know, thousand and several hundred more of my closest friends was, was real nice. And the thing was, I said to her, thank you for giving me back a piece of my childhood that I hadn't known I'd missed. And that's what it was. Yeah. So did it take over my life? No. Did it show me there was a bit of myself, even in my uh, age level, that... Um, Stop. Okay, that even in my 40s, uh, I could still keep learning things about my inner child. That was fantastic. No, no, that was so wonderful. My 
Yeah. All right, guys. So we have some choices, and you are now free to uh, to vote. If you guys need to run off, we can move into you guys talking a little bit more about your projects and so forth. But if you are having a good time and have nowhere to be and want to keep going, we have a game we can torture you with. It's five questions. Keep going. Okay, cool. So what we'll do then is we're going to take our last break. We will refresh ourselves and prepare for the game, and then we will be back. Fifty Shades of Grey is brought to you by Apologizing Canadians. Sorry. Here are some things you never knew that you needed from Amazon. Crafting with cat hair. All the skills you've never wanted in the first place. Says a reviewer, With the help of this book, my wife has made all the Christmas gifts for our friends and family. She has made two pair of socks, two scarves, three hats, a toaster cozy, slippers, a winter jacket, and carpeted the family house. I highly recommend this book to anyone who, like my wife, has 14 shedding cats in their house. Another review says, I purchased this book as I was tired of people sitting too near me on public transport. Reviews of the Niagara Waterfall Diamond Glass Speakers. This speaker fits perfectly on my sidewalk because I sold my house to buy these. I bought these to put in our newborn's nursery. We've been playing classical music because it is supposed to stimulate brain functionality. It seems to work stupendously. The child is only eight weeks old and told me that I'm a forking moron for buying them. I was quite despondent to see them shipped in simple wooden and cardboard boxes, as if they were being sent to peasants. They should have been packed in hand-stained mahogany shipping containers and wrapped tightly in baby panda fur for softness. Here's a review for a beach ball that's 12 feet in diameter. And a good portion of the audience just popped a boner. Just want you to know that. You know who you are. A fun way to ruin a weekend and blow 100 bucks. Dusk, are you in that line? We took this ball to the beach, and after close to two hours to pump it up, we pushed it around for about 10 fun-filled minutes. That was when the wind picked it up and sent it hurtling down the beach at about 40 knots. It destroyed everything in its path. Children screamed in terror at the giant inflatable monster that crushed their sandcastles. Another review says, I started things off by rolling it right at my three-year-old nephew, and the weight of it knocked him right on his arse, crying ensued. Then we realized you cannot try to run away from it, as it will trip up your feet and then face-slam you into the ground. So if you're ever chased by a 12-foot diameter beach ball, just stop, drop, and let it roll right over you. This episode is a show bonus. Check the show notes page on forwhatitsworth.com for download links. (laughs) 
All right, that's it go. for the game. I hope you had fun. It was wonderful. It was. It was. Great. I had fun. I. I that was. Yeah. That was. It, it had a lot of stuff to. It had a lot everything. to do with ponies, definitely. Then it oh, was yeah. very, yep, very ponified. So let's talk about let's talk about hey, stuff yep. that you guys are working on because you know that's how we do. So who you guys have already talked about Babs Console. I'm going to have Peter tell us about it's. It's not the Overwatch, everyone. <laughs> the voyage it's definitely the not Overwatch. the Overwatch. The voyage of the Overwall, or however you say it. Okay, so. I I sometimes do um, dubbing for um, a friend of mine named Henny Britton, who is a South African guy at his studio. Uh, and one day last year, just before Christmas, I was in there. Uh, and after the session, he said, uh, Hey, Peter, do you know anything about podcasts? And I said, yeah, I know about podcasts. He's like, do you think you could do a radio play as a podcast? And I said, yeah, you could do a radio play as a podcast. He's like, oh, I was thinking, you know, I've got this studio. So why don't we do a radio play as a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And I went home over Christmas and just banged out a couple of episodes of this idea that I just suddenly had and took it back to him in the new year and said, what do you think of these scripts? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Do you think we could write a few more? And so I wrote 13 of them and then we put a bunch of people together and did it. Um... And it's called Voyage of the, and I did choose the word because it looks like overwall, because it's about 16th century Dutch explorers who sail over the edge of the earth. And so I thought a Dutch word that sounded like over the wall looked like wifferfall. But that's how you pronounce it is wifferfall. Really? <laughs> wifferfall. Yeah. yeah, Voyage of it, the wifferfall. Can can Big Mac say that? Wifferfall. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so the only rules I gave myself writing this thing were, uh, I, I want to write it fast and I don't want to rewrite a lot. And I don't, I want every episode to be dumber and more ridiculous than the previous. Episode. Oh, see, this sounds, do you feel you've accomplished that Peter? Yeah. How, how far so, are you? Been you know listening what? I to haven't, like I told you I was moving, but you know what I want to do with it. This is what I do is I go, I'm going on this big road trip. And so I usually will like binge an entire podcast, especially if it's a radio drama. It's like my favorite thing. That's so. Great. Yeah. The episodes, the episodes Perfect. are like 12 to 15 minutes each. And we just released the, I guess the, the 11th one comes out. Um, I, I don't know when this is getting released, but the, uh, the 10th one just came out last Wednesday and then every oh, Wednesday. Yeah. So probably out, so. depends on people listen to. So it will have just come out or is about to come out. Yeah, so we're around ten or eleven or twelve or somewhere, but there's thirteen in the first season, and uh, and like I said, I'm 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 jamming my way through season two right now. So. Cool, and then yay, uh, and it's uh, it's great. It's got it's got a lot of people that I that I you know I really enjoy working with from uh, uh, Bill Newton uh, who played my father in My Little Pony, uh, and Caitlin Barstow and Ian Hanlon, Cole Howard, uh, Colin Murdoch. Callan Dorval, uh, Brad Swale, and uh, Lee Majdub, who, speaking of Sonic, he's in the Sonic uh, live-action film, Lee Majdub. Uh, Emily Tennant, who, if you are a Dirk Gently fan, she was the Beast in Dirk Gently Season 2. And where can we where can we catch this? Any, yeah. any podcast? Other people. You can catch it. You find it anywhere. It's called Voyage of the O-E-V-E-R uh, W-A-L. We for fall, <laughs> clearly. Um <laughs> 
which I apologize for, but like I can't, I couldn't resist. Um, uh, so O E V E R W A L. Find us on Twitter or uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. Primarily, at, you know, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. I believe there are ten other places. And if you follow me on Twitter at actor Peter New, you will uh, undoubtedly come across a tweet of me going, "Hey, listen to my fucking there podcast." You- Listeners, listen. Go follow. There you have go, it. go there you listen have it. to the show. I play, I play Christopher Columbus. Would yes, you like a please. taste of Is what this Christopher the Columbus sample? sounds like in my podcast? Yes. Christopher Columbus, he, uh, he sounds like this in my podcast. <laughs> so, um. Oh my! <laughs> because uh, he's uh, no, an idiot. I just, right. That sounds like it's it came hilarious. out of Assassin's Creed. I don't I know where. It sounds like Mario. like discount, <laughs> discount like, Mario. Like, it's almost like a like Toad. <laughs> discount Mario. Totally discount Mario. Right? Like, <laughs> toad singing chandelier. Mario Kart, yay! <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. No, I, I I actually do. I have a, a specifically bookmarked to listen to on my trip. So I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to send you a message from the correct Twitter account and tell you that I listen. How will I know it's you <laughs> if you don't send it from your After Dark account? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. The listeners didn't hear that because that was on break. Tugs, Tugs <laughs> invited me to this podcast from Tugs's After Dark account. So I got all of Tugs's so perversions. <laughs> Uh, now everybody's going to want your After Dark account. That's right. Talk. I know mm. all about Quick Oats. You're ruining the secret. <laughs> Yay, Tugs feels so uncomfortable. Thank you. I, 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 I'm, I think, success. So I really appreciate everybody asking about Riverfall. It's it's a stupid, dumb thing that really just we just banged it out. And I am so grateful to everybody that came and worked for us. This is the music by Jeff Timischuk and Peter Allen is fantastic. All of the, uh, the work that we did at the, at Azure studios, making the, putting the sound effects in and all that was just terrific. Everybody's been so great in, in terms of just getting it together. And what's beautiful about it is the way that, that we recorded it. Henny wanted to do this where we just put one mic in the middle of the room and we just did two takes. I also like, one thing I I know, like I'm so glad that Colin Murdoch agreed to, to to come is for years Colin has been like doing his Dutch accent for everybody and being like, can I can I please find a way to to you know can I use my Dutch accent in this? Can I use my Dutch accent in that? I was like, I'm gonna write a thing that Colin Murdoch can then just come and do his Dutch accent for. So he plays the king and the narrator and the he also plays a, a Norseman called Eric the Snout. <laughs> Oh, and one of my, if I can keep going, one of my favorite things is, okay, my name is Peter New, right? N-E-W, like brand spanking new. That's my last name. Like the, it's the adjective, right? Uh, and so Lee Majdoub, who is, you know, of Arabic descent, taught me at one point how to say my name in Arabic. And we had this whole gag about like how funny it would be for me to like, I would pretend to be this uh, Arabic man. I would come to all my auditions uh, and say hello. You know, my name is uh, my name is Butros Ishdid, and uh, I am here to audition for the part of uh, Big Macintosh for uh, My Little Pony. And then I would just like do the job that I would ordinarily do and say, "Then like, okay, thank you very much. My name is Butros Ishdid. Once again, 
contact me on Butrasichtit. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> this idea that, you know, like, I don't know. It was, you had to laugh over it, whatever. So then I was writing this thing and I realized, okay, I'm going to need to have an, an Arabic sailor come in to the show at some point. And so I realized, well, that Arabic sailor has to be named Butrasichtit. <laughs> And has to be played by Lee Majdoub, who told me how to say Boutrosijdid in the first place. And so, of course, that's him. So now I've got Lee Majdoub playing Peter New in the podcast written by Peter New. That is crazy. That is meta. And I love it. And and that's the thing with this podcast. It's just like I've not been afraid of any joke. And there are so many jokes in it that like I'm I'm sure people are like, I don't even know what the fuck is happening right now. But if you if you listen to it a couple of times, hopefully, like all of the names of the ships are in their original languages, and yeah. they all mean something stupid. Well, that's 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 pretty. That's really awesome that you've uh, not only been able to create such an interesting world, but like you have little tidbits and little nuggets for people to like find and dissect uh, in in media that I like consuming. Uh, I appreciate that. So that's really really oh, cool good. that you do that in yours. I'm looking forward to. I mean, that's, that's the hope. I, I I hope that that kind of resonates ultimately with people because I think it's it's really fast paced and hard to parse. I think sometimes, but I I really enjoy the format and uh, uh, yeah, I just wanted to be relentless with it. So once more, how can how can people find your podcast? If you've got yourself an iPhone, there's an app that comes free with your iPhone, which is a podcast app. If you just hit that app, open it up and search for Voyage of the Wifferfall. And that, again, is spelled O-E-V-E-R-W-A-L. It should pop right up. If you are on Spotify, then you can go there. If you don't have either of those and you're still curious, then please come and find me on Twitter at at actor Peter New. Find Wifferfall on Twitter at Wifferfall, O-E-V-E-R-W-A-L. Or uh, find me on uh, Facebook or, I don't know, contact the hosts of this podcast and have them put you in touch with me and we'll figure it out. Oh, of course. I'm sure they'll be in the show notes, right, guys? Right, guys? 100%. 100% in the show notes. I just love the fact that now I can, the next time somebody says, oh, hey, are you listening to like Peter News podcast, The Verge of the Overworld? I can be like, well, actually, <laughs> it's pronounced Lefferfall. Sonia. What? Tell I didn't us, do it. Tell us how people can save money at BabsCon again. Oh. I mean, there's so many ways to save money at BabsCon. Uh, the first thing that they can do is they can go over to babscon.com and they can register with promo code TUGS for 10% off any level of membership, even our crazy swanky top tier sponsor levels, which get you all kind of goods like meet and greets with people like Peter New. And you I could have finger food. Can you just get Wario? Yeah. You exactly. Wifferfall. It is called, yeah. it's a pronounced a Wifferfall. <laughs> and, and you, if you too could have this. Uh, you can save money at BabsCon um, by getting your hotel room through our website. Address you get is... special con rates. So that's cool. Is BabsCon.com. That's B A B S C O N dot C O M. 
So I heard that if you use the promo code Rue, you get to learn all about Clop, 100%. All the Clop that you can possibly get. Yes. <laughs> well, you can only get to that page by going to page number 404. I'm glad we shared this time together, Peter. Are you saying? I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly quickly pull pull some rank here because I know I know we usually do the uh, the ten percent off sort of thing with coupon code tugs. We even add coupon code Rue on there if you really want to learn about clock. I can only uh, throw Rue up there. But, but uh, uh, what I'll as the chair of the convention, uh, what I'm going to extend to you uh, for what it's worth. I should, I should say for what it's worth. Uh, instead of ten percent off, we'll make it fifteen percent off. <gasps> If you like 15% of your very own fap, please join. <laughs> yep. As, <laughs> queen, as Queen of England, I enjoy a cheap fap from time to time. Oh, yes, yes. So much saving to do. And remember, and coupon, fap. <laughs> remember coupon code TUGS, T-U-G-S, or coupon code RU, R-O-O, uh, and wow. we can let you know. They'll let you know which one. Uh, we, we'll let them know which I one. Like uh, one over who has the most. Uh, oh no! Oh, no, now they're going to make it into a competition. Is there going to ah. be like a, a special something Fap. for those that Fap enter? Five percent. It's going to be bad as nobody. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, that that'll that'll uh, that'll what'll happen if they enter that code is that their computer will take a picture of them. And and post it along with you know hashtag fap superimposed uh, over it on our Twitter feed. There you go. Yep. Someone's gonna try that now, Billy. Better set that up. Have I you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. All right, let's do this quick. Yay! It's housekeeping time, everybody. Yes, okay. thank you, Voss. Thank you, Fire Thank Breath. you, Cass. We have, you actually, are amazing. You know, you'll appreciate this, Peter. Our announcer is Canadian as well. Yeah, but but he's also Quebec. What the heck? Your <laughs> announcer's Canadian as well, eh? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, he's from Quebec, eh? What bird of Quebec is he he's from, Dan, eh? Um, is he from Sherbrooke? Comment on our site if you liked this episode. Other people will comment on the site, and it will look like people listen to the show. Very important thing to have with the website. So do it now. Yep. More than six. Yes, more than six. We also have our lovely social media. We have our, yep. our lovely Telegram group as well. And we have Twitter, and we so, have yep. a face up of yep. a book. For what it's worth, um, you if you are on Twitter, search things. for what it's worth on Facebook. Drop us a DM or Rue's personal Twitter or Twitter Telegram that he always gives out at Wine Red Fox. You must be eighteen to at, join, not because we're posting Fox. boobies. Yeah, you can message me but, on Telegram. Yeah, because we don't like because lawyers. I said. If you like the show, and we really mean this part, if you like the show, tell a friend. Otherwise, we have to spend our Patreon money on Google ads. We don't want to do that, and you don't want us to do that. How are we going to be able to afford to go to BabsCon again one day? So, tell a friend. Friendship is magic. Once again, you know, for all of you guys to... ah, I can't talk today. It was a sincere pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. It was a sincere pleasure. Thank you so much. It was a delight. Well, here's the thing, guys. If you want to invite me back in four years, get people to listen to the episode (laughs) because the most popular guest of the season is typically the one that gets to come back for end of season finale. 
Kathy didn't come back, so I'm just saying. I don't know. (laughs) It could change. (laughs) So the next episode, we don't know what it's going to be yet. So we're going to (laughs) just wait it and figure it out. (laughs) Actually, tune in. Actually, hey, Peter. The next episode is going to be us talking to somebody. You're going to love it'll it. Be, it'll it's be gonna, an episode. It's going to be about the same length as this episode with different people. <laughs> talking about furry different stuff. Stay tuned. Quality <laughs> podcast. Don't touch that dial. You got a dial on your computer? And weird. The next episode is going to be I'm Fat. Yes. How to live a healthier life. Yeah, oh, it's time to talk about episode? it because after that, it's gratitude. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm fat. Um, what we'll be talking about. I'm fat too. We'll be I'm talking fat three. about I'm fat how. As well. We should be on that one to be fat. Like it's a a serious thing and I don't want to kill the mood now, but like there's a lot of little cues and social things that people do that don't even, you don't even realize, but also how do you overcome that being on the receiving end of those cues? It'll be an interesting discussion. Wait, you mean we're going to do that episode about body image? You know, that episode that nobody sent emails in for. You remember that episode? I'm not salty, but maybe well, I am. Just a little bit. Just kidding. <laughs> t- tell you what. If we get 200 emails, we'll ask Peter to come back for the next episode. And I'll tell you all about my fat. <laughs> In fact, you can buy some of Peter's fat at... <laughs> it's expensive. Because I haven't liposucked gonna... any of it yet. So... Buy, buy is that going to be a promo code? <laughs> oh no, no, sorry. Buy Peter's yeah, that's right. Yeah. You get it right. It's a Canadian company, eh? <laughs> no, I mean we already sold your kidney at the BabsCon 2014 auction. Did we? I don't remember having that. Charity. In charity. <laughs> oh, that. That yeah, that's when he woke up in the ice tub and you I told do him remember the bathtub party. It was BatsUpCon. Well, that was that was the following year, but as I recall, the uh, can the cans with your kidney in it uh, may con- may contain traces of M.A. Larson. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so on that note, this, this has been Rue. Say your names. Uh, this is Sonia, I think. This is Fable. And uh, my name is uh, Botros <laughs> And you have been listening to, for what it's worth, for yep, what it's worth. Okay. For, uh, uh, at the same time, you, we don't. For what it is worth, did I do it right? Yes, yes you did. did. You, you we did don't turn recorder off until everyone does it. That's the thing. For, for what it's worth, for the thing Yay. that it costs. For what it's worth, it costs 